0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ إِلَّا أَنْ تَكُونَ تِجَارَةً عَنْ تراضٍ مِّنْكُمْ (laughs) وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ التاجر الصَّدُوقُ الْأَمِينَ مَعَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّيقِنَ وَالشُهَدَاءَ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Most respected of the brothers and elders, the Allah has created things generally in pairs, many things in opposites. There's day, then opposite to day, there's night. There's darkness, opposite to it is light. Likewise there's health, then there's sickness also. There's intelligence, there's ignorance as well. And like this, many many things. And then, on a higher level, And very high level, there's somebody who is a mu'mini, there's somebody who is a kafir also. Somebody believes in Allah Ta'ala and somebody totally denies and rejects Allah Ta'ala. And as a result, going further then, there's also Jannat and there's Jahannam. So these are all things that are in front of us all the time and a mukmin his final abode and destination is jannah this is where he is heading to and this is his concern all the time that how can i reach this destination of jannah safely directly without any difficulty without having to go through any cleansing process of jahannam allah forbid this is his concern So in order to reach there safely, to reach there directly, to reach there without difficulty, he is concerned about all the things that will help him to get there safely. That his Iman must be in order, his Ibadat must be in order, his Salah, his Zakat, his fasting, his Hajj. And together with that his social life, how he treats his parents, he treats his wife and children, how he deals with others in society. His akhlaq and character is concerned about all these things being in order because all this will affect his journey to the akhirat and how he reaches Jannah. And then, also included in this, is the very important things that he'll be very concerned about his dealings as well. Just as he's concerned about his ibadat and his social life and his akhlaq and character. He'll be extremely concerned about his muamalat, his dealings. Because this is the place where many a times a person who is quite firm in the other branches of deen and aspects of deen, he comes to this point and he slips up. So coming in this particular point and the aspect of a Muslim businessman, a person who is involved in business, like we have opposites everywhere else, there's opposites here also. One is a Muslim businessman and one is a businessman without imam, they are worlds apart, just as Jannat and Jahannam are totally worlds apart. Likewise a Muslim businessman and somebody devoid of imam, they are worlds apart. Just like day and night, likewise this is the case. A person who is devoid of imam, then he also does business, the yahood also do business, others do business. But like some people, eat to live and others live to eat. So similarly the yahood and many others, they live to do business. Their whole life revolves around it. The whole purpose of life becomes accumulation of wealth. How that portfolio can keep growing. and That becomes the be-all and end-all of life. The person, is his very living is for business. So obviously when this is the pinnacle of life, this is the be-all and end-all of life, then that is what will guide the person's actions, how he conducts himself, anything and everything will be done in order to keep progressing that business, whether it is legitimate whether it is illegitimate, whether it will be a means of benefit to somebody, or whether it will take somebody else's life in the process, it will matter to him. Because that has become his main object of life. So that is a businessman who is devoid of Iman. But likewise there is a businessman, he is also doing business, but he is somebody who has Iman. His business is something totally different. To start off with, his objectives, like this person's objective, he is living for business. A mu'min, a person with the imam, he also does business. But that is not his life. His intentions are beyond that. His intentions are guided by the ahadith of Rasulullah Wasallam, By what is in the Qur'an Sharif, what Rasulullah sallallahu has given us. To start off with, he is concerned that this business must become a means of earning the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala, that The pleasure of Allah ta'ala is the ultimate, that is the main object, Allah ta'ala must become pleased. And when this is the point that he is aiming for, then his intentions will be as Nabi Salaam explains in one hadith, that bad dunya halalan. the one who seeks the wealth of this dunya in a halal way, firstly. But why? What is his objective? <inaudible> because he doesn't want to stretch his hand out in front of anybody. He doesn't want to beg from anyone. He doesn't want to be asking here and there because this is a very great deficiency. It's something that is a great abit. It's something that against a person's honor and dignity to do this. So he doesn't want to ask anybody. And to take care of his family's needs. Because this too is something that has been placed as a responsibility upon him. So he's guided by these intentions. And it doesn't finish off there. And in order to be compassionate and kind to his neighbor. So in other words, he will eat. And together with eating, he will share and care also. He doesn't finish off with himself. He is worried about himself, then he is worried about his neighbor. And according to Hassan Basir, the neighbor is forty doors on each direction. So he will not be able to go to sleep with his belly full, when he knows that there is a neighbor that is hungry. But now he has made such noble intentions and his aim is so high. So what is the virtue of this person, what is Allah Ta'ala's reward for him? Nabi Islam says, لَقِيَ اللَّهَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةَ وَوَجْهُوكَ الْقَمْرِ لَيْلَةَ الْبَدْ That he will meet Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, and he will come in this condition that his face will be shining like the 14th moon. He also did business, but he did business in a way that was in accordance to the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, with these high and noble motives. Not just that he was like somebody else without Iman, living for business. No, he was living for Allah Ta'ala. And business was his means to take him through, sail past this ocean of life to get to the destination. So now he had such high motives. Now this is the end result. And on the other side is somebody else that Roman طَلَبَتْ dunya halalan, That somebody who is seeking the wealth of dunya, and he's seeking what is halal. He's not seeking haram. He's not doing something that is incorrect. But his intentions are corrupted. What he's acquiring is correct, but his intentions are corrupted. Mantala bad dunya halalan, What is his object? Just to keep earning and accumulating and amassing. Just to see the portfolio growing. That has become the main focus of life muraiyan and just in order to have a prestigious position in society to be able to now show off to others to be able to boast in certain ways directly or indirectly now this has become such a terrible thing in the sight of Allah wa ta'ala, that Nabi Wasallam says لَقِيَ اللَّهَ وَهُوَ عَلَيْهِ He will meet Allah on the day of Qiyamah Allah will be displeased with him Allah is displeased He is now inviting the wrath of Allah Taala. So a mu'min also does business, but his objectives are very noble, very high. And when it is of that caliber, now he conducts himself in a way in which Allah wa ta'ala has commanded, which Nabi sallallahu has given us the direction. So what is his aspiration? His aspiration is not amassing the dunya. His aspiration is not just, just to make the portfolio grow. His aspiration is something beyond that. What he is seeking is barqat. He is not seeking kathrat. He is not seeking an abundance. If it comes, alhamdulillah. His main concern is how can there be barakah in this. Because if there is barakat in it, that barakah will bring peace out of that wealth. That barakah will bring happiness out of that wealth. That barakah will make that wealth productive. It will make him become a means of comfort for himself, comfort for others. That wealth will become a source of his earning the akhirah. So, this is the thing you will aspire for, Barkat. And if in Barkat it comes in abundance, Alhamdulillah, Noorun ala Noor. And even if it is less in quantity, but if there's Barkat, then he will still achieve all these things that were mentioned. Before understanding how this Barkat is going to be achieved, just to one hadith that is in Musannaf Abdul Razak, a very authentic hadith, about one person, there were four brothers, the father had become very ill, four sons, so one of the sons, who had his objectives clear in his mind. He knew where he was heading for. He said to the other three brothers that look, there's a choice now. Our father has become very ill, he's very old, he's now bedridden. We've got a choice. We must make a deal. Either you nurse him, you take care of him, you see to all his needs, but you must forfeit your right in his estate. I'll take the whole estate. Or otherwise you leave this to me. I will do all the work, I will see to his needs, I will serve him, I will nurse him, I will do everything. And you keep the entire estate. So they thought this person is perhaps a little bit short, few, as they say, few bob short or whatever, that he wants to take all the work on himself and give all the wealth away. They said, by all means, deal done. So they left all the work to him and he tended to his father, saw to his needs, served him Attended to him, and until some time passed, the fi- father finally passed away. The father passed away. Now this person he is down and out. Everybody else had the benefit of the estate because he made this agreement himself. So he kept to his agreement, and he gave everything away, and now he's down and out, and in very difficult conditions. One day he sees in a dream he's being told in a certain place there's a hundred dinars, hundred gold coins hundred Kruger rams in our context. Go and take it. It's for you. So the first question he asks is, Afihi baraka? Is there barakat in this hundred dinars? So in the dream the person that is talking to him says, No, there is no barakat in it. So he says, then I don't want it. And he wakes up in the morning, he remembers this dream, so he says it to his wife. That this is what I dreamt, and this is a place, I was given the specific description of where this is kept. So his wife says that, what is the problem with you? That go and take it. Even if we just have enough to now eat, to wear good clothing, that too is enough barakat for us. What other barakat are you looking for? He says, no, I was told there's no barkat in it, I don't want to touch it. The next night he sees a dream again, he's told, there's 10 dinars in the same place, go and take it tonight. He says, is there barkat in it? A fihi baraka? Say, no, la, fi baraka. There's no barkat in it. He says, I don't want it. The next day he has the same conversation with his wife. Again he refuses. The third night he sees the same dream. This time is told there's one dinar, one gold coin. He asks, Is there barkat in that one gold coin? He says, Yes, there's barkat in it. So he goes, he finds it exactly as described. So he takes it. As he's coming home with it, somebody is selling two fish. They so ask, How much are these two fish this one dinar? Well and would give it to me. He passes that one dinar and brings his two fish home. And he cuts open the fish. In each one, there's a priceless pearl. Let me explaining this incident of somebody in the past. So, a priceless pearl. And it happened at that time, the king was looking for a pearl which was unmatched. So any case, somehow this person came to know about it. So he sold one pearl. The price, thirty mule loads of gold. Thirty mule loads of gold. In any case, the king receives this pearl. He looks at it. He says, "This is such a fantastic pearl, but this cannot be without a pair. Doesn't look right without a pair. There must be a second one somewhere." Says, "Well, the same person has got a second one." Says, if "You have to buy it for double the price. Also buy it and come." So they bought it for another sixty loads, mule loads of gold, ninety mule loads which in our times, if you calculate it really, it might be more than billions, two, three billion. But what was his concern? Hundred dinars, there's no barkat, I don't want it. Ten dinars also, no barkat, I don't want it. One dinar, there's barkat, okay, well and good. Allah Ta'ala showed him the dramatic barkat in this way. So in any case, this is the aspiration of a mu'min, that he wants barakat. Now, How will this come? The first and foremost thing about this barkat is that he'll only touch that which is halal. He will not have anything to do with anything haram. Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ لَا يَسْتَوِي الْخَبِيثُ Say, the Prophet of Allah, say to them, "Declare openly, That what is haram and what is halal cannot be equal. وَلَوْ أَعْجَبَكَ كَسْرَةُ Even if that huge quantity of haram might be very tempting for you. Might fascinate you might amaze you, might dazzle your eyes, but that is going to be destruction. الْخَبِيْجِ Don't look at the quantity, look at what is halal. And what is halal will come with barakat. If a person is concerned about what is halal, then he will conduct himself in a way that is in accordance with the Quran and Sunnah. He will find out first, is this deal I want to do correct or not? Many a times it's just the words that are changed. Person says, well I did an investment, and I'm going to get 10% profit. So you did an investment of what? See, I gave him 100,000 rands, and what is going to give me 10% profit? So what is the difference between this and interest? Mainly changing the name, calling it investment and calling it profit made it halal? So that is something that we need to now check. Person needs to know what is he doing. Is he doing it correctly? Otherwise, he might call it names, give it legitimate names, but Putting something that is full and that is totally rotten and covering it up in a very nicely covered silver paper or silver wrapping is not going to change the reality of it. That is still going to be full. It is still going to be something that is totally rotten. And anything to do with interest, this is inviting war with Allah Ta'ala. He will not have anything to do with bribery. Anything to do with sea rights. Because you see that is sea wrong. He'll have nothing to do with such things. He'll have nothing to do with any deception. He will put himself in the place of the customer. And if the same thing was done to me, would I be happy about it? He said, I won't be happy about it, how can I do the same the other way around? Whatever the manner and mode of deception may be. Sometimes it's very, very flimsy, some explanation given to it to try and legitimize it. But in our heart of hearts, we know what is going on. Nabi Salaam says, ha-huna. He pointed to his heart, and he said, Taqwa is here, you know what goes on. Ask yourself within yourself, is this correct? Your heart will speak. So the person will be concerned about halal, he'll have nothing to do with haram. Then he will be always upright and honest in his dealings, in the hadith Nabi Salaam says, That al-bayy'ani bil-khayari ma'lam wa fi Then the buyer and seller, if they are honest, they are truthful. And they disclose whatever the faults may be. If there's a fault in the merchandise, he's talking about it clearly. He's not just covering it up in some way. Then بَيْعِهِمَا They'll get burkat in the transaction. But فَإِن كَذَبَا وَكَتَمَا They're lying, covering it up, hiding the faults. بَرَكَةُ بَيْعِهِمَا That barakat will be destroyed. In another hadith, Nabi Sassum says, فَعَسَاءَ يَرْبَحَ Perhaps they may get a lot of profit out of it, but they have destroyed the barakat of it. So a person who is desirous of that barakat, then he will follow this. He will be now concerned about being very honest, very upright. He will be wanting to discharge the amanat completely. So this is also a problem that as the Islam, hadith foretold, time will come that perhaps there will be some person who will be like an old one out, who will discharge Amanat. Amanat will become like personal property. Person won't bother about what it is, whose it is, whether he's bring somebody down, whatever it is, doesn't matter to him. Then included in this halal and being upright, there are certain things which have been explained in the ahadith, in the light of the ahadith, the first thing is, he will not neglect any of the farais of Allah wa Ta'ala. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has commanded, that will not be neglected in any way. That because now he is preoccupied in his business, now time for salah has come, that can get delayed. No, then this person is not out to acquire halal in the way Allah Ta'ala has commanded. He will not do it for the sake of amassing dunya, as we discussed earlier. He will not do it in a way that hurts anybody. Whether he is hurting his creditor, he will not do it in that way. Nabi Islam says, ghani ye that the delaying of a person who has the means to pay, he has the means available, but now he is just trying to just pull time and do things unnecessarily. This is zulm, this is oppression. Person has the funds and he's not paying his creditors and he's flying around the world and he's enjoying himself in the lap of luxury. Nabi Islam says, this is zulm. And zulm, oppression of any form, this will be darkness on the day of Qiyamah. And a person in darkness, he will have no light to walk towards Jannah. Allah forbid he'll end up in Jannah. Then the other aspect is that this person will not have greed. In the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Hazrat Hakim in Hizam ta'ala an, that this dunya is very tempting and it is really something enticing. But the person who will take it with a generous heart, in the correct way, he will get barakat in it. And the one who is taken in lam The person who takes it with the greed of the heart, he is forever greedy of more and more. This that has become his object of life. Who gets hurt in the process, who gets done down in the way, how he deceives somebody, all that doesn't matter to him then there is no difference between how this person is dealing and how that Yahudi is dealing or how somebody else is dealing. He will deal in a way that his heart is full of generosity. He will love and that love. Imam Bukhari, he once received some goods and he decided now he needs to sell it. So some people came to him and they made offer to him. So he said, well I will think about it tomorrow. They made offer for example whatever it is, 100,000 rands for example. He said, I'll think about it. Come to me tomorrow. The next morning before these people came, somebody else came along. And they offered him double. Now he hadn't done any deal yet. He wasn't committed. And he was now being offered double. So he said, "I last night after the people left, I had already decided to sell it to them. He's not yet committed. He did not yet make the deal. He said, I decided to sell it to them. I don't want to break my intention." So therefore, I can't sell it to you now. I've already decided to sell it to them, I will sell it to them. Though you're offering double the price. Now where is this and where is our situation, that the deal is done. By word of mouth that is done already, the movement's word is his honor. We're now not looking for loopholes in the dot, in the fine print. But after the deal is done, the person has committed himself and somebody has made an offer of another 5% more and 10% more, and all some loophole will be found to now come out of this. And yet there was no commitment yet, but there was an intention. Say, I don't want to break my intention. So a woman has this heart that he loves and let love, and he does fair business. He's clean in his dealing. Then his business is dawah. His business is a means of bringing people closer to Allah wa ta'ala, Whether it is those working with him, so now he deals with them with the akhlaq of Islam and Deen. He will not be one who is now using all kinds of flowery language whether with his employees, whether with others, all kinds of things that a person now, his ears stand up and end, that is this a Muslim businessman, who is this? Is he earning to get closer to Allah wa ta'ala or is he earning for something else? So he wants barkat and the barkat will now not come in a way that is crossing the boundaries of akhlaq, he's using all kinds of languages, lying, whatever else, this is something that destroys the barkat. He will be conducting himself in a way that he will be talking in a manner that endears the person, not to his business endears him to Islam and Deen and in many countries of the world which have the biggest population of Muslims Indonesia and other countries Islam spread via the Muslim businessman Islam spread in Malawi via the Muslim businessman many other countries of the world it was a Muslim businessman who did business but in a way that his business became downward to Islam and that brought people into Deen a Muslim businessman is conscious of this. If I lose something in terms of money, but if I win a person towards Islam, then this business is very profitable. Then I've earned I've done real business. If I lost a bit over the profit, but I earned the the person closer to Islam. He wanted to change some item, maybe I was not obligated to take it. But in order to bring the person to Islam, because Nabi Islam says man aqala the person who exchanges the item or takes back the transaction, somebody bought something and now they want to return it, he's all obligated, there's nothing wrong with the item, but he takes it out of just goodness of his heart, Allah ta'ala will forgive him on the day of time. Now he brought the person closer to Islam, this my deen taught me to do this. Now this is a person who gets closer to Allah ta'ala via his business. So deen is a complete way of life, he said he teaches us how to perform our salah correctly, it teaches us how to fast in the month of Ramadan. A very great part of our deen is in our business. And often, in the day of, on the day of Qiyamah, in one lengthy hadith of Rasulullah we don't have time to go into it, Nabi ﷺ gives the detail of many a person who will come with great amount of good deeds, Salah, fasting, etc. But, he will be thrown into Jahannam because of the wrong he did in his business. Because of the wrong he did in his relationships with people. As a result, he will have to give away all his rewards to those who he had harmed, to those who he had done down, to his creditors and whoever else. And as a result, he had to take their sins and then Nabirujahnah. May Allah wa Ta'ala grant us the true understanding of deen, enable us to follow deen completely in its entirety in every aspect. In our iman also being correct, our ibadat, our mu'amalat, our mu'asharat, our akhlaq. May Allah wa Ta'ala make us his true and obedient servants and make us Follow in the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Wa